Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Nesman Hockey Podcast. John Zella, James Nichols back with you on a Sunday morning. Getting into the afternoon, took us a little while to get set up here. Um, a game day episode, so you're hearing this, hopefully, um, we're going to publish right away. So before the Dallas Stars game, um, hopefully you're hearing this. James, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, how are you? I'm good. I, it, nothing really happens, so it's really, it might it's just be It's hard to answer slow. that question without talking about what happened. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I really do. I want to hold that um, excitement because I think there's a lot of kind of layers there. Yeah. Um, but I, I want, I, I do want to, before jumping into everything, go over what led up to this moment because it, it's been, I, I, I've joked kind of the last month or so that I, I can't believe there's half the season left and that it just, it has been a grind. It has felt, every yeah. game's felt like two games. And the days in between, you're, you're just kind of toiling over what, what could possibly happen. Is something going to happen? Are, are they going to turn it around? Forget about any kind of coaching change or anything like that. So it's been, it's just been a really, I think, difficult season because of the potential. And so here we are, um, you know, with quite a, quite a bit to discuss before a game. And, and we can, you know, kind of cross our fingers. But we'll get there in a second. So... The Islanders go 0-3-1 on their road trip, falling to the Preds, yeah. the Wild, the Jets, and the and the Blackhawks. And we kind of discussed the Predators game, disappointing considering how they played against the Leafs and, you know, the opportunity kind of ahead of them. Um, all kind of ugly losses, I think, particularly against the Wild. And uh, I'm almost never right when I make guesses, but... How right was I with Marc Andre Fleury, um, congratulating him the day before? <laughs> um, I did yeah. it here and on anxiety, Islanders anxiety, and um, just man, I nailed it. I uh, hate that I nailed it, but yeah, I, I did it. I kind of want to lump all of that together. Um, like I said, all ugly losses. What did you What did you take away from this recent road trip? Um, you know, part of the reason why the change was made uh, is because the team lacked fire. Uh, no sense of urgency, you know, amongst the the roster, despite, you know, getting their ass handed to them on a couple of occasions. And, you know, there were games where you, you're looking at their opponent and you're saying to yourself, why are they getting their, their ass handed to them by the, the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Um, you know, why are they losing five nothing to a lethargic Minnesota Wild team? Like these are these are games you can't let slip and second half you know, of back to back for the wild. Yeah. Um, you know, just opportunities really to just kind of stay afloat in in a tight race when the, the devils, as you know, um pretty well are are kind of struggling with injuries and all this stuff. There's a real opportunity there. The yeah. penguins wake up and it's all the teams around them are kind of winning hockey games and all they needed to do is win yeah a game here 
and maybe steal a second point against the Blackhawks, which is terrible to say. And it's a different conversation. I, I don't know that today, you know, the second half of the show is going to be different, but I, I they're at least in the mix a, a little bit and they have a little bit less of a mountain to climb. You know, they've taken a few steps forward, but continue. Yeah, well, no, that's the thing. Like the the reason why, you know, this is all happening is because they're they're not far out of it. They're literally three points out. So or actually, excuse me, two points out. You know, one win tonight if Detroit or Toronto doesn't ascend in the standings, which Toronto does play and, and so does Detroit. So, you know, all these teams are playing. If if Detroit and Toronto each lose, like the Islanders can find themselves back in playoff position um, by way of, you know, points. So they, they, they actually might be sitting right out of it because um, points percentage, they, points percentage and everything. Yeah, stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is they're close, right? But, you know, when you look at, you know, the way that Lane Lambert wasn't a, a, able to really rally this team, especially with the leaders on this team, Bo Horvat, Anders Lee, like Matthew Barzell is now a leader, you know, amongst amongst that group. Like you look at these guys and you say to yourselves, these guys really can't rally right now. They can't, you know, muster up the, the, the oomph in their game to, you know, take a point at least against the Chicago Blackhawks. No, they or get lose. two. Right or get get two? No, they they lose. Like you can't lose a game to a, 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 a mind you a Connor Bedardless Blackhawks team. You know they're missing their right. best player. So it's one of those things where you know the Islanders just had. It seemed like there was no accountability. Right, the head coach wasn't holding the team accountable for their efforts, and as a result, the leaders in the room were kind of just like, "Yep, we're." We, we, we don't like it, but, you know, got to just try and be better. And, like, that that can't be. At some point, you got to get a little bit angry. And, um, you know, they weren't. So, you know, with the change, we'll, we'll talk about it. But you expect things to be different. Yeah, and I, and I think on the on the player's side, um, there's definitely a lot to discuss with the with the coaching change. Um, you know, I, I – I even wrote down here I, that the Blackhawks lost, which I, I wasn't able to watch in its entirety. It's just almost too ugly to, to talk about, and really the whole the whole week. Um, but you know the they allow five, four, and four goals against in those games, and which is you know the, the defense. I don't care how many goals they scored, um, even though the the, the scoring has kind of dried up here and there. It's it's not been very consistent. Um, and this is in addition to um, an ugly January. A lot of games where the Islanders can't score goals all of a sudden. They're allowing four or five goals a game. Um, in, in So far in January, they've allowed four more goals in six out of nine games. Um, they're two, five, and two this month so far. And and luckily, there's there 10 days left in the month and, and a considerable amount of games. And it's uh, I think they should consider themselves lucky that they were even limping along for a while, getting overtime loss points to, to have even just be in this position. And something that Lou mentioned in the presser is that he would not have made a coaching change if he didn't think the Islanders were in it. And I, that's the same philosophy that he's used with the trade market. If he didn't think that it was either good for the team long-term, Bo Horvat, or will help them right then. And, and, and Horvat did help right away, right? They make the playoffs, right? It, he he made that move because he thought that that could happen. Now, they stepped and shit the entire way into the playoffs, and they they fell down the mountain into it. But 
they made it nonetheless. And I, you know, it, it means something. I can't really describe it, but it means something. So you're, you're kind of sitting in a, in a place right now where um, the trade deadline is coming up. Now you have a new coach. Um, things can kind of start moving forward. And I, I, I guess I, I want to ask you, do you think Lou is waiting for the return to, to make this, this change? Or was this kind of, this just happened to be the right time. Cause I think I mentioned last episode, this is either happening before the all-star break or after the season. If they don't, especially if they don't make the playoffs. And so yeah, this is uh, this is still before the game, uh, yeah. but the, before the All Star break. But is it is it just a dreadful month, and these things just take time to figure out? Like it was it was happening before the All Star yeah. break, one way or another. Like you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, I think I honestly I, I think that this has been you know a long time coming. Um, you know, you go back to November, they lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row. I would think that around then, you know, Lamorello is probably thinking to himself, okay, if this goes on any longer, what am I going to do here? But then it and, does. Like, it largely does. I know they were well, second in the division three in top in row, three. They lose two. They win two. They lose. And they win four. You know, so they went hot and cold, you know? So my, my point is that back – I would think that back in November he at least started to think about it because there's no way that, you know, they lose on – what, two days ago, and he picks up the phone and goes, I want Patrick Waugh. You want to coach the Islanders? Cool, thanks. See you Monday. Like, that's, you know, that's not what happened. You know, so he had probably been contemplating for a while, like, okay, I, I see what's going on here. You know, it's a, it's a lethargic team. They're lethargic efforts. Who is going to kick them in the ass and light that fire under them and really motivate them to, to work? Because that's what this team does, right? Like, they are a better team on paper, but they're still a team that needs to work. And if they take shifts off, they're going to lose games. And that is not going to happen under Patrick Waugh. So I think this was a long time coming. You know, you go back to that losing streak in November, and then you start to see it creeping in again. They lose a couple of games to, you know, uh, guys like, you know, the, the Blackhawks and, and the Wild and, um, you know, just even the, the San Jose Sharks back in the beginning of December. And you say to yourself, okay, those are points left on the table uh those are games that they need to be motivated enough to skate their ass off and win who's going to do that for them and uh the answer couldn't have been more clear it's patrick Waugh. i mean that's a guy that is not going to accept anybody taking a shift off yeah and i go ahead sorry we'll, we'll we'll talk more about what that means but um i i tend to think that this was something you know and and again Lambert's been here for a couple of years now behind the bench. You, you've seen, you know, post-game pressers where, where they're just decimated. And yeah, he's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's disappointing. And looks for the next question. And that and was like, the, the, that was the response from the rest of the team as well. And I don't, well, again, I don't know what the, the expectation is. Yeah. It needs to be that they're angry. And Listen, every once in a while. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I was texting somebody about this yesterday little closer to the organization and i you know when i had first heard about this i said what's going on here like I, this was expected but what a major change in the culture they're about to make and that person said to me everybody got a little too comfortable a little too nice around here it's time to grow some balls and i said oh 
It's yeah, like and I that. definitely, I definitely want to talk about that because that there was a lot, there was a lot there, and um, it's it sounds like I kind of know your answer, but I want you to elaborate on that just to kind of give a little, not a post mortem, but uh, you know, and uh, a wrap up to Lambert's tenure here. He said the other night, I think this is his, he might be his last quote or, or close to it. He said, "I don't feel the team is anywhere near where it can or should be. We have some players in the team we clearly need more from, and at a certain point, he almost wrote his own." Uh, last words. That was that was on him. He you know he was face first into the point of him not being able to get the most out of out of this team that has shown it before. And as you said, and as we've said a million times, is better on paper than it has been in in years past. Um, I, I, the the injuries, you know, I've said too many times. I personally don't. I don't think that was the problem. I think it was system. It was not personnel. Doesn't mean that that. Lamarella won't make more moves, but I don't. I largely don't believe that that was the the case, and I don't think Wow is going to just turn it around in two seconds either. Um, so Lambert's relieved of his duties Saturday. Um, we've kind of been beating around the bush here a little bit with not being straightforward with that. Um, he finishes Islanders tenure 61, 46, and twenty, and it feels like the regulation and overtime losses came, all came in a row. Those sixty six losses regardless whether they got a point or not it, it felt like and they just all happened this season it get just the negativity around the team was just made for a dreadful experience i think and and the players must be feeling that i've, I've certainly felt that before as well um you know and i think let's let's fully dive into it the main story is patrick watt uh what did i you sent me a text yesterday. Uh, you were the one who broke the news to me. Um, <laughs> what did I respond with when I, when I sent you that text? <laughs> now I got to go look at it because I don't want to mess this up. Um, <laughs> I said, oh, and you said, get the hell out of here. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, go ahead. <laughs> and I said, holy shit. And you yeah. just went. LMAO like it, it, you know that that was that was probably the best encapsulation of that moment of like shock and and speechlessness just because again like I said a little bit earlier we were expecting a change at some point like this couldn't go on much longer you alluded to that last week but but the stark difference in who they let go versus who they brought in was shocking especially because of the fact that nobody had Wah on their radar. And there were three or four, right, Lambert's the fifth. So there were actually four head coaches already let go this season that you could sit there and say to yourself, I could see them back in the NHL real soon. Dean Evison, Jay Woodcroft. Um, and Bruce Bourgeau was still out there. Like there Bruce were some Bro, other ones. Correct. That but, uh, Wah was around. I, I heard... Um, I, I say I hear rumblings like like I'm close to anything like, but on podcasts and Twitter and whatever, hearing Wa was could be a, could have been a potential candidate in um, in Ottawa. That's kind of what that what I envisioned happening. So when I heard that he was on the island for a lot of reasons, it was a surprise to me. This is this is a big fish for the Islanders. I don't know that they've brought in a coach. Now I'll say this thinking about Butch Goring was the coach and that was a big deal for the Islanders and maybe around the league, but I don't think Butch Goring 
had quite the cachet that Patrick Waugh did. Um, and it may just have been the era, and there's a little bit of recency bias and, and things like that. But, I mean, Butch had kind of finished up in the 80s, and, he, and 10 years later he was coaching the Islanders. Um, Waugh's been out of the game for, for more longer than that. Um, but I, I can't think of a coach that came in with the pedigree, maybe Trotz, that just came in with a certain pedigree. And, and yeah. I think, and I think this is not a knock on Trotz. I just, I think Patrick Waugh just brings something else I agree. to the table. I mean, Barry Trotz is well known, but Patrick Waugh transcends things. Like it's just, it's just very different. And it, maybe it's just because I'm a '90s hockey fan, and, I, and as as you are, and yeah. early 2000s. So we just kind of you hear Patrick Waugh, and and it's this is crazy seeing an Isles logo is, anywhere near him is wild <laughs> the, the thing is you know trots brought structure and and you know discipline and work ethic to a team that was led with i don't want to say respect but he was he was soft but firm let's put it that way patrick wah is firm Soft is the last thing you can call that guy. I mean, he is aggressive. He literally was over the glass fighting with Bruce Boudreaux during a game behind the bench about whatever was going on on the ice. Like, he is fiery. And, you know, that's just this the stark difference here. I think that's just what, you know, the the shock in, you know, in, in the person who I, I texted saying, like, listen, like, I'm, I'm shocked here at the choice just because, you know, the, the Islanders' whole identity is built around respect and camaraderie. And not to say that Patrick Waugh is going to come in and, and totally, you know, like bury that. But to to think that he's going to, you know, I, I don't want to word this wrong. He's just, he's got this way about himself where he can be very edgy with his own staff, his own team. Uh, but uh, and especially his his opposition because all he cares about is winning. Yeah, I, and I, that's what I kind of wanted. To, I was holding off on this. There's a lot of comments about quote a, a country club atmosphere. Yes, on the island. Do you think that was true? Was it just that? It's. I don't think they were complacent. Right. It's not like they were a good. They were in the first wild card spot and just like ah, they, you know, this team could be better. They're winning some games, but they really need a kick in the pants and. Um, it might be the coach, right? It was, it was different than that. They they looked devastated. They looked depressed, right? So I don't I I don't know that it was complacency so much, but I want to hear your your two cents on that. Well, I think that you know maybe it wasn't a country club, but it definitely was, um, you know, a complacent club. Can I say that? Like, yeah. I I mean I don't I don't necessarily think. To me, the how I define that word is that they're okay with how things are going. Correct. They look defeated to me, and they needed um, they needed that fire. And I, I, as I said last week, I don't think, and I, maybe I asked you, I don't think there was a team in the NHL that could benefit more from a, a coaching change than the New York Islanders because the talent is there, the skill is there. They just need. I think we said that going into Lane Lambert's time with the Islanders that this isn't going to be the change Lemerel thinks it is. It's too much of the same voice. I agree. It's it, he doesn't come in with the cachet and the pedigree that Trotz had, despite having been with him through all of that. And they needed somebody to really take them, 
you know, Trotz got them as far as he could get them. And and it was yeah. amazing to see, right? And they are even Trotz said in an interview of playing against the Preds, we were so close. If we made the final, we were gonna win. I'm pretty sure I, I might be paraphrasing, but he's I, he said pretty close to that. No, and I agree. Lambert I agree. didn't seem like it was the type of person to really get him over that hump. And it yeah. wasn't even just more of the same, it was considerably worse that his record was way more i mean they got points overtime losses whatever and half of them or more were this season but he, he went 61 and 66 essentially as an Islanders coach i really don't want to you know seeing 61 46 and 20 he he lost 66 games with the islanders there were 20 points left on the table again most of them this season which is crazy to me yeah it's a good point so you know in hindsight, this makes total sense. Patrick Watt, yeah. as you said, the fieriness and what they need. Um, again, I think the coaching change at all, whoever you brought in, was going to lift a little bit of a weight um, off the team and like take that cloud away. As Lou said in the presser, though, it is now on the players. You're, you're bringing in a new voice. You're bringing somebody in with energy. I'm adding yeah, this part. Or you're bringing this new coach in, and now it's on the players. So right. in that in that case, um, I think the players may have known, and maybe that is complacency, to, as a long-winded way of answering your question. It's not like Terry Ryan, a, a long-winded <laughs> way of answering your question. That maybe it was complacency because they're like, look, it's not on us. Like these systems don't work. Um, there's no energy. We're not seeing the leadership we needed, and they were kind of just showing up and going through the motions. Um, and. and like I said, in hindsight, this move makes a ton of sense. Again, not the coaching change, but Patrick Waugh. Yeah. His, his fieriness, that edge. Um, I love the quotes. Um, and I, I used, I was joking. I want to talk about today. a few of those. Um, you know, some of the the older quotes of, you know, I can't hear Jeremy Roenick because I have the my two Stanley Cup rings in my ears. Uh-huh. Um, just unapologetically himself. And, and to a point, he was asked during the presser about that. And what's changed even since the last time he coached in the NHL? Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's night and day or black and white or whatever he said. And that's a big deal. He's he's grown. Right. So, the, all right, a couple of things here. Um, one, you know, to to answer what we were talking about with the complacency, I think you, you said it best. Like, they were complacent with, you know, where they were at. They, they again, you like to say this, and I very much agree with two things can be true. I think although they didn't like the results they were getting, they were complacent in their work ethic. And that wasn't going to change unless somebody came in and said, you need to change now. And that wasn't happening. So that's why I think where we are today. Let's talk about Patrick Waugh, now the head coach of the Islanders and what that's going to do, right? Lane Lambert is yesterday's news. Today's news is Patrick Waugh. One of the first things that he made sure to say was it's playoff hockey from here on out. Love that. Love that. And that's what we had been saying, right? Like the desperation, the, the yeah. intensity level, especially that we got used to even before Trotz. That was the hallmark yeah. of this team that was energy and tenacity. Yeah. And that would just – it went by the wayside. They they became baby food. It, it was just right. soft, just you know, terrible. And then, you know, one of the things that I loved seeing was – you know, the first thing that he did was when he got line rushes out um, this morning, you know, he's he's part of the line rushes. He's vocal. He's active. Like, and I don't mean just like vocal. He's like, hey, let's do better. Like, he's 
vocal. Like, work your ass off. Like, get the fucking puck. You know, this, that, and the other thing. Like, he's doesn't even know these guys for 10 minutes, and he's already, already stopping line rushes and saying, we need to be good at, we, uh, we need to be good at this. We need to be good at line rushes. If we're not good at line rushes, we're not going to be good in the game. Like, he's already coming in and kicking their ass. Uh, one of my colleagues, Andrew Fantacino, said he doesn't, of NYI hockey now, he doesn't remember the last time the Islanders took more than one water break in a practice because it's been, I guess in, in the words that we used earlier, a complacent club. Yeah, well, it was I'm, interesting. Was it Pantorno? I, I, I had um, I had the trending thing from our, our Twitter up, and, and someone okay. had said it, it feels like training camp. Like it, yeah. it, that's the intensity level that you know they're trying to get. I, I wish I found because I want I want to appropriately um, mention who was kind of doing this. I, I can't remember. Maybe it was Pantorno. Um, Gross said, "You know, he stops line rushes. We need to be good at this." Um, yeah, I can't. I can't. Um, I can't find it. But it, I, I like that that quote from Wab. But I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, sorry. Real quick, breaking news. Sounds like uh, Corey Perry might be going to the Oilers. Um, that makes that makes a lot of sense for some reason. It, it does make a lot of sense. They they, um, they went, they've won like sixty games in a row now, and um, 13, 13 games in a row. Imagine that on the island. <laughs> well, I I think you know what's really funny. Just a like a quick aside. I think we've been lucky as a show, like as far as content's concerned. To get kind of better for a second as a show we've been really lucky over the last number of years and you know almost you know over 200 episodes i wish we knew i, I counted some other stuff and after game, uh, post games and stuff but we've been lucky that there have been a lot of ups and downs i don't know what do you talk about if they won 13 games in a row i feel like we'd come on and be like this is great i love what i'm seeing uh see you next week and it would be we'd like be, a three minute a lot of nitpicking like Remember that one play where Pelic just, you know, didn't really clear the zone, but Sorokin made that great save. We'd be like nitpicking on stupid little things like that. I, I maybe, <laughs> maybe after a while, I feel like the beginning of the streak, like ten or eleven games or something, or you know, huge point streak, and they're playing well even in losses in overtime. I, I think I, I, maybe it's just at this point, I think I would just be so thrilled with it, and. I, I I wouldn't try to nitpick. I just I just want to enjoy it. Um, I'd be happy to take three minute episodes or ten minute episodes, and like there's just no reason for that. They're winning hockey games. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not complaining. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. The Islanders are at plus 102 against the Minnesota Wild tonight as you're listening to this show on Monday. And you can make that bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN and new customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1. 800 gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369
in Connecticut. Help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Bring the conversation back to to, to Wah because I, I I don't want to forget this. Um, you know we're talking about you know completely different feel right from the get go. Just from us looking at it from afar. Um, right here, Matthew Barzell, you know, it, it being interviewed says he walked into the room today in a completely different feel. Con Smythe, Stanley Cups, maybe the best goalie of all time, and he's been through everything, right? And one of the things that I was uh, reading about yesterday from Scott Wheeler uh, of the Athletic, he had said, and I just want to pull it up here. Um, I'm not a I'm not a big juniors guy, but th- that's where Patrick Waugh was right before um, he came to the Islanders. He was the head coach of the Quebec Ramparts. They won the CHL championship last year, and uh, Scott Wheeler said last year's. Ramparts were the most structured and well-coached junior team I've ever watched. They didn't even look like a CHL team identity, a clear systems and roles within it. And those kids played their hearts out for Patrick Watt. It convinced me he's a very good coach. Now pair that with the fact that he's already won a Jack Adams award with the Colorado avalanche back in the day. Like, look, people are going to have what to say about, you know, the fact that he maybe doesn't treat people the best in trying to get his message across. People are going to have what to say about how he gets his message across. And, and maybe, you know, sometimes he has a lack of respect. He addressed that yesterday in the presser. He said, listen, I've reflected on my time as a head coach in the NHL. It's a, a night and day difference in my attitude. He, he basically has said, um, and look, obviously he needs to still prove that, but the one thing he does not have to prove is getting players to work for him. Because when he left the Avalanche, it was kind of a shock. Nobody really thought that that was going to happen because it wasn't like he was unsuccessful. It was more of a, you know, needing to work on himself kind of thing. And he's been away from the the, the game for, it might be close to 10 years. I don't remember exactly when he was the head coach of, of the Avalanche. But um, even if it's not, it's significant. It's over five years. So he's had some time to, you know, get away. He's had some time to reflect on, you know, himself. He's had some time to to put those practices into motion, winning a championship at the CHL level, which is, look, that's no joke. It's not the NHL, but it's proof. It's a track record that, you know, he has the right systems. He has the right um, um, idea, the right mindset. And the fact that, you know, someone like Scott Wheeler is is – He's not going to oversell something. You know, he's saying, like, look, those kids played their hearts out for him. It, it means something. So this is this is the exact culture change that this team needed, uh, quite frankly. They needed this culture change, and it's probably going – look, I'm not saying that they're going to go on a ridiculous Oilers-like run right now and win 13 games in a row, but I would not be surprised to see six or seven games rattled off in a row. And, and, and you know, out of the gate, right, every team – 
most teams get that that new coach jump. I wouldn't be surprised to see that start tonight. Dallas has, you know, had a couple of games in a row where um, they they played against the the Flyers. They got their their ass beat. They beat the ass of the Devils last night. Um, but you know, they, the second half of back to back now, and those are, those are harder to harder to win. So you know, you wonder what a wild led. It's so weird to say a wild led Islanders is going to look like tonight. But I bet there's a lot more intensity in their game, and it's just there's there's so so many layers to this hiring like even yesterday when the nhl just tweeted a graphic of patrick wah hired and it was a graphic of him behind the avalanche bench where he had a beard i was just thinking to myself there are so many layers to this one graphic that patrick wah is the head coach of the new york islanders a long-winded way of saying like um you know, this was the change, a necessary change, and I think it's the right move. I definitely agree that it's that it's the right move. Like I said, I think there's a tenacity missing from here, and it has been close to ten years. He started, I think he he uh, stepped down, he resigned ahead of the sixteen seventeen season. He was there. He won the Jack Adams in thirteen fourteen, and then he was there for two seasons after. He wins the Jack Adams, as you said, in that first season. The next two years are not great. And what I thought was really interesting about bringing in Watt, and I, and I do think for the players' sake, it's it's a good change. I did question, and I, I posted this on Twitter, I think it's an interesting change, and even fascinating even, that Lou would go, some, go with somebody that is as hard-headed as he is. So you get somebody in Patrick Watt that has a lot of opinions. And there was a quote in, in the article following his resignation with NHL.com um, when asked about the philosophical differences between his vision and, and with the Avalanche and Jill Sackick. He said it was more that the type of players and the stuff like that, that we didn't necessarily agree on. And I'm interested, you know, it, it's good to hear why, you know, he. I don't think he's watched a ton of games. I think he's familiar with the team. Um, you know, maybe as a whole, as, as a lot of other players are, as a lot of other, uh, you know, media people or people around the NHL that aren't necessarily keeping tabs on the Islanders unless they're doing really well and they're, you know, in the Eastern Conference final. Um, I think what's what's also interesting is it's the right, it's the right person coming in. I'm a little confused that Lou let it get to that point. Let's use the country club mindset and complacency as, as the words for a second. Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird that Lou let it get to that point? He doesn't strike me as like this duo is interesting, right? They could either be I oil and have... water or just or, or uh, like just a scary tandem, right? When you have two people that are just going to like no matter where you go in the organization now, you're you're going to get it. And isn't that isn't that weird though that I, it got there? I think that Lamorello and and maybe this is uncharacteristic of him, but this is this is what I think. I really think Lamorello, for a while, was sitting there saying, "I made a choice to let Barry Trotz go for this guy. This has to work." Oh, I, I said once, that last week. I, I can't remember once, if it was here yeah. or anxiety, but uh, yeah, he, he's he has to own the mistake and he yeah. let it go as long as well, possible because now he's now he's yep. said out loud, "I made a mistake. This didn't work, and it wasn't working." And now here we are, and we made, we've made yeah. a change. And he's not someone to just swallow his pride. And I think what's 
What's really interesting is, and he does this with trades too. Oh, were you looking at anybody else? No, just Patrick Waugh. Come on, dude. Like, it's okay that you were. No one's going to say that, you know, you can still own the road, so to speak, and say, yeah, you know, I, I talked to some people and it, they, they just weren't the right ones. You don't have to say who they were. Um, when I spoke with Patrick, he was the guy. He was the one that I wanted, and that's who we got. And to say, it's like, it's as if you, you joked earlier. Just He just picks up the phone and he's like, hey, Pat. Hey, Lou. Uh, you want to do this? Sure. See you Monday. You know, like that's not, that's how Lou makes it sound like it happened, right? right. Like there weren't, like he he's going over, oh, we had these conversations and this and that over a period of time. And he shut down, I believe it was Andrew Gross. And I'm I not mean like he, you know, got his hand slapped or something, but, you know, Gross asked how long were these conversations happening? And Lou said it was immaterial. Um, I think it's important at some point to, to know that answer. It certainly didn't happen overnight. Um, it's kind of like when a player, you know, there's no meddling or things like that. And a player signs on July 1st and it's a very, you know, a lengthy contract and has a lot yeah. of like no moves after two years and a bonus and this. It's like you work that out in five minutes. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, like that. It just didn't happen like that. So God, it's I'm sorry. Real quick. Just to I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm so jealous of Islanders writers right now. They have a quote machine from this guy. Oh, and it's Patrick Waugh, right? It's like oh you're just like everything, everything that he says. And I, and I do want to say this: I there's been a lack, and and, and maybe just because the the league is much more in a great way, so much more diverse than it was maybe when we were growing up. I remember listening to quotes when you could, right, on ESPN, or you found something on the early internet from a, yeah. a quote uh, in, in a, from a press conference. I I did not know how much I missed that French Canadian accent. <laughs> it is incredible <laughs> to have that back in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, the Islanders. He just says something, you know, as far as like look, and and it's just the way he says it, right? It's not, it's not like it's not like this is like a whoa quote. It's just you can hear him the way he's saying this, just by the plain text of it. It's quote. I'm gonna say something cliche here, but the defense wins championships, right? That's that's what he says, right? Defense wins championships, right? That's what we're going to work on. We're going to focus on our defense. Just saying that, like knowing that, like, yeah, that's what they need to do because they suck defensively. And the way he's saying it is like, let's let's just call a spade a spade here. It, it's just it 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 means so much more than than just being like, yeah, we got to be better defensively. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's obvious. And I think I wonder how long that goes, frankly, because Lamarella really won't say anything bad about his team and, and perhaps that's the coach's role um was gonna come in here and he's calling the team out about the defense i mean i don't think it's he's not trying to make anybody and it's also not something the team isn't aware of the, the team knows they're leaking like a sieve and they have a goalie that should be playing much better and, and is playing really well and just isn't getting the support and you know in subtext to the islanders over the last however long just like not getting support Either it was either goal scoring or structure in their own zone. And they just didn't, they never had both at the same time. This is going back to the Doug Waite years. You, you could score a ton of goals and you couldn't get a save um, or play in your own zone, or you could play in your own zone and you couldn't score a goal. And if Wa can bring out the best in both of that and just play a more structured team, give me boring hockey again. Give me the uh, just can't, can't seem to score a goal, but they're not letting them in Islanders. And See, and get him back in the race. Like I don't I don't think that's what he wants to do. But no. at, even as a baseline, I'm a, I I 
wouldn't mind that. Nope. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that the the team that he the teams he coached with the uh the Avalanche, those were exciting teams. They were. Those were exciting teams. So I can't see him coming in and just which which team? The Colorado Avalanche. When he coached the Avalanche, yeah. those those were exciting teams. Yeah, that and... first season, they win 50 games. But the next two, they're NHL 500. Yeah. They're not they're not super great. I I think even the last year were they 39 and 39 or something like that. They that doesn't make too much sense. Something like that. It was really close. Like where they they won around 40 games, which is something. I you know, winning half your games is something. But they they didn't have a particularly good record after his first season. Again, he wins the Jack Adams, right? And that's I think that's another thing where he's coming in and you have another one of these coaches that um, has proven he can do it. And if he's refined the ways in which he does it, I think it's it could be a recipe for success. Is there anything that worries you about Wa coming in? Um, I think I, I don't I don't mean to like to to piss on the fire of you know and, and just like not be excited because I definitely am. You know I. I, uh, there's a part of me that just won't get over it's Patrick Waugh for a while and that somebody with this pedigree is is there just around this franchise. Like you said, it, it's PR gold. It's writing gold. It's journalism gold. Um, on the other side of it, is there anything that worries you? Not really. I, the only thing that would worry me is is just if he can't keep his, um, his attitude in check if he takes it too far. Um but other than that, I, I don't. First, I don't see that happening, especially not with Lula Morello around. And second, you know, I, I kind of believe him that he's grown and, and learned from his previous experiences, and he doesn't want that to happen again. Like he doesn't. He he's so there's so much incentive for him to not have things turn out the way they did last time because I don't think he wants to be away from the NHL again. I think there's a re- the reason why he took the time and the steps to you know build himself up and and come back the way he did. Um, was so that he could be more prepared this time. Not to say that he wasn't a good coach. He was definitely a good coach. I think, you know, the Jack Adams speaks for itself. But I think that there were definitely things that he noticed in himself that he needed to improve on before he could handle it again. And now he gets the opportunity, and I don't think he wants to, you know, waste that. And, you know, (laughs) it says a lot for what the Islanders' future is going to be because, you know, you and I had a, a long conversation on, well, who's the replacement? Who's next? And he doesn't want to come in and, and be part of a rebuild. He wants to come in and win. And this is a team that you can't rebuild. Like, it would Correct. be really hard. You're Correct. still, I mean, not to get down a huge rabbit hole or anything, but there's still a year or two away from Nelson or Anders Lee being, um, you know, they have a year left each, I think, on their contract after this season. Um, the cap goes up. Like, there's an opportunity here uh, for the Islanders to, if they would like, move on. I don't know why you would necessarily, but yeah, they're they're not rebuilding right now. This is a team, like we said, it's the best on paper it's been on a in a long time, and for good or bad, they've played the same this season, regardless of who's in the lineup. Here involves in or out or whatever. It, it hasn't really, or the defense is injured. Um, it can Appleby in net, uh, Sorokin or Varlamov. It really has not made a difference. And if someone can come in and just kind of fix that a little bit, and as you said earlier about 
Waz time in um I'm forgetting the, the, the team name in the um that won the Memorial Cup. Venus Ramparts. the Ramparts can come in and provide the structure and, and the roles. And that was something that we that the team really thrived on under trots. And I, I cannot for the life of me understand A, how Lambert just didn't get the message. Like, was he not there under trots forever on three different teams? And then even if he remembered that, why would you change it? What give even given Trotz's last year and you come, you know, let's just hop on our excusical and just like it was injuries and the and the road trip and the this and the whatever, fine. Even if that was those were those things were all true. I don't happen to uh subscribe to that because I think the professionals fucking figure it out. But why would you disrupt the apple cart to the point and then not have a plan? Oh, yeah, we're just going to not do any of that. Okay. And then what? It's beer league? That That's kind of what you saw. It was just, guys, you, you had the offense going. You know, he figured that out, I guess. And, and that may have just been letting loose a little bit. But he just didn't do anything. He wasn't coaching the team. And at this level, you're not coaching and teaching. Like our, our experience as civilian hockey players that, you know, we were always being taught. There was always something to learn. And you can always improve your game even at the pro level. But what they're there to do is provide structure, the roles. How are we going to play? What's the intensity? Getting the most out of your players. You're being a leader, right? That's like any workplace. You're not really going to teach people stuff. You know, you can refine different skills and and but your job is to bring them the the most out of them. I I know Lou wanted to take as long as possible to not have to swallow his pride, but I don't know. I feel like we knew this. You you just looked at this team and you're like, there's no way Matt Barzell is this player. There's no way. I don't care before or after Horvat. Like you, there's just there's even more for him to give. And that's why you and I have had this conversation going back, you know, quite a ways. Um, you know, the dozens of episodes ago, when we would argue about is Matt Barzell elite? And for a long time, I think he has the tools to do it, but he is not. And now he's next to Horvat, and you're seeing it a little bit more, so, you know, coming into focus. And now is truly, to, you know, he needs to be able to carry the team, and, and the two of them need to be able to do that together. They're all stars. They're superstars. They're not elite. You're not putting them in the conversation with other players. And now is the time. The the, the Trots era now is fully over. Um, you can, it's it, there are truly new voices. You have somebody that, as as Barcel said, what are you going to argue with this guy? You're going to argue with Patrick Waugh? You're gonna you're you're not going to listen to him. I, I I think you have to. And he's worked with Varlamov. Varlamov uh, was with Colorado when when Waugh was there. Um, Waugh made some comments about how he doesn't really get involved. He lets goalie coaches do their thing. But well, what he will do is help them game to game. You know, mentally, how to kind of let things go. And and move on and just and and you know have a short memory and so to speak, and I think that's important. You know he's he's a goalie and in you know up until recently. And is it irony that the Islanders let Flurry win that game to pass Patrick Waugh and then they sign him? <laughs> is there something there? Is that like his biggest coincidence ever? Yeah, and I think it's it like, is. 
there's there's a part of me that thinks Lemerel's watching this game, sees the graphics come up about how Flurry can do it, and he's like, Patrick Waugh. Yeah, he might work. <laughs> like he was a coach, right? <laughs> and then one of his assistants just like gets him his number and he calls him. Like it was it in Minnesota where he's like, Yeah, yeah, that Patrick Waugh guy. That sounds right. And just calls him, and then a week later he's the coach of the team. Like there's there's got to be something there. That's it's like too uh, much of a hey, coincidence. Patrick, I know that uh, we we let Flory pass you up on uh, the all time list. Do you want to coach this team and beat the wheels off the wild next time? Yeah, we play them. Yeah, and then I joked on Twitter on our account that uh, he also signed a PTO to back up Sorokin, yeah. and you know to get <laughs> the, at least he has to tie Flurry uh, the rest of the season. So every time Flurry gets a win now, uh, Wa's <laughs> gonna play a game and and get the and get the win. I'm just joking, but it's interesting the whole from top to bottom of what he brings to the team um who he is as a person um what the team desperately needs in this moment um what are you looking for as we said at the top of the show they play Dallas Stars tonight not the strongest play as of late, but still uh, very much in the conversation is mostly because uh, Vancouver and Edmonton are, are, are playing well. Um, I believe they're in different, are they in different divisions? I'm pretty sure they're in different divisions. Um, no, Edmonton and Vancouver are in the same division. That makes sense. Pacific and um, Dallas is third uh, with 59 points. Um, they're 5 4 and 1 in their last 10, you know, an opportunity here to beat a good team. And that really can set the tone. What are you looking for from the Islanders tonight? And, and WAP? cause it's not going to be these drastic changes, right? And they're practicing. We're seeing these quotes from practice today in this intensity. They have a game tonight. They do. They're playing tonight. Well, and so, that's exactly what I, I think that we're going to see from them. Same intensity as practice, uh, intensity structure, um, Heavy on the four check, uh, puck pressure consistently, and just a really fucking hard team to play against. And they're playing the stars who are no pushover. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's what they're trying to match is be really heavy on the puck, be really heavy with the puck pressure, uh, and be a real pain in the ass to play against. And look, maybe that goes back to, you know, the Islanders that we knew. Just in a different way. I mean, I think I missed that in general. It was fun to watch. Um, I mean, I don't want to, I'm thinking, of, I'm trying to think of the slap shot quote. You know, it's like, let them know you're there. Like, win or lose, like, take a piece of them. Like, that. it's, it's a right. little old school uh, phrasing there. Right. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where tonight will be like, uh, we might have lost by a goal, but we broke Jason Robertson's neck. Yeah, I mean, don't do that. Don't, like, literally... <laughs> Don't yeah, literally like yeah. Don't, don't don't literally hurt people. That's uh, not the type of hockey we want. This isn't the '70s anymore. But right. I, yes, I I agree. You know, take a piece of them with you. Um, let them know you're there. Is maybe the quote. Um, you know, Reggie Dunlop is is in the locker room. Like, let them know you're there. And the Hanson brothers go crazy. You know, if if there was a way to revive, if this is the last stand for the identity line. This is a shot in the ass for them. I don't know that there's anybody, you know, I would have sat them down, the three of them down, Martin, Zekas, and Clutterbuck, first thing. 
and said, you know, if you're going to drive this team, if you are the identity line that I've been hurt, I've been told about, um, now's your time. Contracts aside, I, I, I assume he would never bring that up because that's not his business. And he said as much as that he didn't want to be involved in, in the management side of things, that he has enough to deal with as a coach. And that may have been one of the mistakes that he made in Colorado, just having a lot to deal with. Um, even though he mentioned near the end, it was a lot of Sackick making decisions as he should as a general manager. Um, you know, and Lou makes a lot of his own decisions, so it's not like he is going to ask for advice necessarily. Um, but yeah, it's um, the three of them have an opportunity here to really step up. I, I agree that it's, it's time for them to get their identity back. Um, a little bit of the Islanders of old. And I, I personally, if they can win, if they win tonight against the Dallas stars, I think they could rattle off a few in a row. I, I wouldn't, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the team just goes three and one over the, you know, every four game chunk here each week, they're going three and one or so. And it, I think it'd be a huge confidence boost for them to beat a really good team. If they lose, I think it's tough. It really takes the wind out of the sails. I think they know that. Um, I hope that they can bounce back after a tough morning skate. Uh, it doesn't sound like it was a morning skate at all, frankly. It sounds like it was a practice. And I want, yeah, I, I do want to see that fieriness behind the bench. I want to see, God, you know, thinking about Martin and Clutterbuck and all these mistakes and these missed clears and all this stuff. I want to see, I want to see him put more pressure on the good players and not sit them, right? I don't want to see Barzell have a so-so game and Lambert staple them to the bench for the last five minutes when they're down a goal. Um, or it's a tie game or something. Or even if they're up a goal, why are you not having your best players out there? I don't want to see that. I want him to hold them more accountable and put more pressure on them. Put them out there in those situations. I want to see the players that are playing like shit and making the mistakes stapled. St absolutely stapled. Wallstrom may never play on this team ever again if he keeps playing the way he's playing. May as well just hang his jersey up. Keep your suits pressed, kid. Now, now there's no mistake. Now you're gonna know. He's he's one of the guys I'm um, I'm looking at most here. How how much does this change affect him? Yeah, it's been the same coaching staff for him for the entire time, for pr pretty much, and like the messaging and this and that, and and injuries and blah blah blah. Um, Man, he the whole team. You know, they're they're it's a fairly young team. You know, they've all watched '90s and early 2000s hockey growing up, and this and that. So just having Patrick Wall in the room um, after the awe wears off, um, hopefully they're using that energy and that you know the butterflies in their stomach to help that translate to their game. Um, have that that giddiness of of being excited to play hockey again for Patrick Wall. You're gonna let him down. He's not going to let you do it anyway. You're you're going to be in the press box for stapled to the bench, so you, you you can't screw up. So yeah, Wallstrom, Aho to a certain degree. Um, it's going to be a lot of focus on defense, as you said earlier with one of his quotes uh, during today's skate. Yeah, it's. I think it's an important time for the Islanders. I'm worried that it doesn't work right away. I, I'm, I'm between. Well, the last time they did this and a and a and a a new coach came in that was really fiery and Doug Waite, they went what 24, 14, and nine or like some crazy record after. And it was God, if it, if it's not uh almost to the day, it was in January. 
uh, when when Capuana was fired, I believe, and, and Waite comes in. Um, so there's, a, there's a part of me really giddy to be like, this team is really going to respond. Granted, 90% of the team is different. Um, but, and it was 10 years ago. But you know, you're, you're, I'm hoping that that's the case. The other thing is that it won't take right away, and it'll be a J.G. Pajot situation. <laughs> and it, it's going to take a minute to adjust. They just really don't have the time for that. And my Islanders pessimism and anxiety um, to, um, yeah, that, it, just two things that are just, that run deep in uh, Islanders fans' veins if you've watched the team long enough. Um, it, it's hard to just get over that. Um, hopefully, they can start fresh. They're going in. Waz coming with a clean record. Hopefully, the team thinks the same way. And... They can create some momentum because they they just never were able to put it together. They have not won consecutive games to this last week in over a month. They've collected points in consecutive games here and there. The, the, the defense is terrible. The goalies are not playing up to snuff because they're not getting the support and the, the high danger chances are just through the roof. So it's it's a good time to be an Islanders fan if you're tuning in. Um, to us for the first time or Islanders podcast for the first time is going to be an interesting rest of the season. I hope you stick along with us and um, <laughs> Islanders anxiety and through the island and skates at the stakes and uh, whatever, uh, whatever million uh, podcasts never say die uh, THPN partner um, through the island is also THPN partner. Um, listen to everything because it, it's going to be a wild ride. I think the rest of the way, good or bad. I, I think yeah. there's going to be a lot to, discussed and hopefully we do have those things to nitpick as you said where they're winning games and we're we're seeing the changes though right oh this this is not the team we saw and, the, and these are the and these are the reasons so hopefully we have that to discuss um and it all starts in, in really just a few hours from now um if i can get this edited fast enough um <laughs> any any closing words or is do we have more no i want to closing words from Wah, not from myself. Um, but Wah says, I want our fans. Oh, sorry if you hear that car horn. There's Yeah, you're definitely going to hear it. I'm not that good of an editor. I don't think Something I can. Something going on inside my house. I can do um, that. Hope maybe that was Patrick Wah outside your house. <laughs> uh, closing thoughts from, are we kidding? It's happening. Choose different words. They're not liking that. Cut. <laughs> uh, okay. Take three. Uh, I want our fans to be proud of them. I want our fans to enjoy our team play, and that's my goal. Yeah, he said something similar yesterday, and I, I, I appreciated that focus on the fans. I think that's his management practice coming in, where you know you have to have to say things like that. You have to motivate the fan base too. He knows who he is. I, 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 he's he's got a lot of pride and um, not bashful. So if you go look back at some of his quotes, how he left Montreal. If you're not familiar with him, and and maybe like his entire career, um, it is interesting. He, it's he seemingly played forever, in in three different decades for for two different teams, um, Stanley Cups just up the wazoo. He, he's in the mix. I did love the back and forth at the end of the presser. Did you? I don't know if you caught that. Maybe some of the quotes of Lou and Wah going back and forth about the 2001. That was good. That was um, really good. I it meant showed, to bring that up. It it, it showed uh, Lamorello's personality, God yep. forbid, and how maybe maybe the two of them won't be oil and water, right? Maybe they really are going to be a good tandem because, yeah, they in a in a good way, 
won't always see eye to eye and they're both serious competitors. They have their own history together that they need to kind of sort through. I don't think it's serious, but you know, it's clearly Lou is not over it. I think he always, if he can go back and win more championships with the devils or any other or <laughs> Toronto or whatever, he would, he would make it happen. Um, so it's, it's um, hopefully that relationship um, only grows and, you know, we get, a, a good long stretcher or Patrick while helping the Islanders just be a better hockey team, uh, more consistent, really just in, in game consistency. You know what? If it, if, if the record from the rest of the season isn't great and say they missed the playoffs, I at least want to go back and have not a lot to say about the losses, right? I've said that for a long time, lose the games. Fine. Teams come back all the time. It's a bad bounce here. I, I understand that. The problem was they were playing like horseshit and lose and also losing. And I kind of want to look at losses and go, wow, they really battled out there. They really didn't get the bounces. There was a bad call here. They, they got goalied. I want to be able to come up with not excuses, but the reality of the situation and, and point those things out. And that's what I want out of a Patrick Waugh Islanders team. Yep. I want it to be, yeah, they, yeah, they went NHL 500 the rest of the way. And uh, take your lumps, come back next season, and, and be better. But they really were a different team. Like they really took the necessary steps. You saw the growth um, in 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 all facets of the game, and uh, maybe that's a good way to end the show. Just that lose games better. Don't just play like shit. They they handed other teams losses this season. Um. They didn't let the other teams win, right? right? The other teams were not out competing them. Rather, they weren't playing so much better. They were out competing them that they weren't just like far and away better. The Islanders were just so bad. They were just letting everything kind of happen to them um, in, instead of being part of of each game. So um, that's a it's a good place to end the show. Um, Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen or watch the show. If you're a new listener, thank you very much. Um, you can follow us on Twitter for most of our antics. Um, we're also on Instagram threads. Um, and if you can uh, stand to look at our faces, uh, you can watch us on YouTube all at Massaman Hockey. You can find Jane's work at New Jersey Hockey Now and the fourth period uh, covering the Devils, which, frankly, boo. Boo, hiss, tomato, whatever. Um, I'm sorry they're going through injuries. But um, it's really great for the Islanders that it's one less team, even though the Penguins and Capitals woke up. Um, hopefully the Islanders get a win against Dallas tonight. And uh, James, for the first time with a new head coach, bring us home. Until next time, all, enjoy Patrick Waugh.